Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Noam Rauscher, and today we'll be discussing Masechet Pesachim, the tractate of the Talmud that deals with matters of Passover, page 10. The Mishnah that we study throughout our text, through the eyes of the Talmud, on page 10a and b, is the same one that we study on pages 9a and b. That Mishnah addressed a concern over whether or not one's house was truly cleaned of chametz. In deciding the answer, the rabbis of the Talmud teach us that an uncertainty cannot override a certainty. Our rabbis on page 10a suggest that to get to a place of certainty, we must do the proper research. An example is stated using an open field. If one entered a field where the location of a grave had been lost, that person would be considered ritually impure because there is no way to guarantee that while walking through the, the field, if he had actually touched or not touched a grave. But if later a grave was found and marked, one could theoretically go walking through the field without concern for ritual impurity. Our rabbi suggests, though, that we can't be so quick to think the problem solved. One is actually required to search the entire field, lest there be other graves that were lost, and this field later on be discovered as an old cemetery, further causing ritual impurity. In order to prevent impurity in the future, We must be certain about what we are dealing with in the present. The rabbis apply this line of thinking to suspicious searches for chametz. On page 10b, we're given a new mission entirely. This one prevents a discussion in which the rabbis talk about the schedule for searching for chametz. One searches for chametz on the evening of the 14th of Nisan, on the 14th of Nisan itself, and on the time at which we do the removal of the chametz. One continuously searches for chametz through those three appointed periods of time. All these are taken from examples in the Torah, either from Exodus chapter 12 or 13, in which we talk about the removal of chametz from our homes. Some rabbis in the Mishnah disagree with this suggestion, suggesting, rather, that each one of those points in time, the 14th of Nisan itself, are actually backups for one another, if the task wasn't completed on the eve of the 14th. So that is to say, if you didn't complete it on the 14th of, on the eve of the 14th of Nisan, you would then have an opportunity to do it on the 14th of Nisan itself. The rabbis add to this by suggesting that this also includes searching for chametz throughout the festival of Passover, as well as after the festival of Passover as concluded if necessary. This is odd given how punctilious Jewish law usually is. But maybe it's not about when you search for chametz, just as long as if you search for chametz at all. Even though the search for chametz before Passover begins is optimal, it may be equally important to make sure our homes are without chametz and conduct a search at any time. Perhaps this is a way of maintaining the Passover integrity of our homes and potentially in our lives. I don't think the two Mishnahs about the importance of certainty of chametz and the opportunity to search for it at any time throughout the holiday are deliberately placed next to one another for any other reason than the rabbis wanted to organize them that way. 
but I do think there is a lesson to be learned from looking at the two texts together. If we want to be certain about the presence of chametz in our lives, spiritually speaking, the potential for a bloated ego, then we must do the necessary research. And if we want to do the research well, we have to spend the time, possibly throughout Passover, searching for it. If we want to be aware about the potential in our lives for a puffiness of self, an inflated ego, then it behooves us to take the time to consider where it might be, to shine the light on as many cracks and crevices in our character as possible, and to ask ourselves if there's chametz there, and to monitor it throughout the year. It may not be enough just to locate our chametz, burn it, and nullify it. We have to be willing to pursue the chametz outside of the normal times that we usually reserve for it. The same is true for exercise of the human body. Taking care to make sure our bodies are in the right condition takes research and a willingness to monitor our behaviors and diets. It's not something that just occurs overnight or even throughout the process of a week, though that can be a good starting place. It's a process that takes place over the course of the year. Again, this sounds a lot like rhetoric that we talk about over Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, providing perhaps a cheshbon anefesh, an internal searching of our soul. But that doesn't mean that it only has to take place during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. This type of research into our own lives, into our intricate lives, requires a constant examining and a constant monitoring. A chametz-free diet is not just about eating bread during not eating bread during Passover. It's also about researching and monitoring our spiritual chametz intake and digestion throughout the course of the year. Tadarabah. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.